Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to make sure to give a belated shout out slash thank you to the podcast, The 80s and 90s Uncensored. They invited me to be on their show this summer to do sort of a roundtable discussion about some of our favorite or memorable board games from our childhood. I made sure to discuss some of the most ridiculous board games that I can remember playing with my sister and at slumber parties, including the Saved by the Bell game and Girl Talk. It was a lot of fun, and they have an awesome podcast, to be honest. Uh, you can learn more about the show on their website, www.the80sand90s.com slash podcast. If you like the content of this show, then you will definitely love their show as well. I appreciate that they don't spend half an hour bantering about the weather or other topics unrelated to their show. They just get right to it. So please check it out. Milo and Jamie's show is fantastic. The episode that I was on was released on September 12th. I don't believe that they number their episodes, but it was released um, during the second week of September. So please check it out. Now, on with the show. One of my fondest memories I have with my sister was when we would drive around late at night, blasting music and jamming out around our childhood town and surrounding areas. When we were both home for, say, something like Christmas break from college or some other holiday, we'd hop into my mom's white Honda Accord and would set off for a late night rendezvous. My sister was a pretty terrible driver, so it was often me behind the wheel with her selecting the music that would soon be the soundtrack for our adventure. On one occasion, we were so enthralled with the music we were listening to that we got a bit lost and ended up at a very sketchy White Castle in a town we had never heard of. And if you're from the Midwest, then you know that White Castles are never located in safe areas. It's usually somewhere pretty sketchy, like we found ourselves in. Not sure how we got home, as of course we didn't have GPS or even MapQuest at that time, but somehow we got back safe. Thank God. We, of course, listened to all different kinds of music from artists like Tracy Chapman, Phoebe Snow, Tupac, and a plethora of alternative music like Bush, The Cure, and uh, arguably one of our very favorite bands of all time, definitely my sister's, and it's definitely up there for me too, Radiohead. To this day, I absolutely love the song Let Down by the band. I can remember the lead up to the bridge part of the song, which me and my sister would be screaming along with as we rounded the curbs in suburbia. One day, I am going to grow wings. A chemical reaction. Hysterical and useless. Hysterical and let down and hanging around. Crushed like a bug in the ground. Let down and hanging around. Those lyrics still resonate with me today and remind me so much of her, so it seemed only appropriate that a show be devoted to Radiohead, one of the greatest alternative rock bands of our generation. So that is what we will be discussing today. From the group's early days to their overwhelming rise to fame, as well as where they are today. So, grab your electric guitar, your pen and paper to write lyrics down, and watch out for the karma police. Here we go. And thank you so very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by and in memory of my big sister Rebecca and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. 
My name is Amy Lewis, and I'm your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. You are tuning into episode number 55, Radiohead, one of the most talented bands to ever grace the stage and ring in our ears. I want to apologize for the delay in producing this show. I think I mentioned this in a few episodes, but I have officially started a photography business called, very cleverly, Amy Lewis Photography. And who knew that starting and owning your own business would be so incredibly time-consuming and would require so much focus and dedication? Jeez. So between that and my family responsibilities, I have found myself to be busy from sunup until sundown, so it's been hard to find the time to put together a quality podcast episode. It's taken me a while to put together this one, and I never want to release a show that isn't up to the standards that I have for this podcast. I hope the wait, though, has been worth it. I truly, truly believe in quality over quantity. But let's get back to the show. The band, Radiohead, actually dates back about 37 years to 1985. It consists of Tom York, Phil Selway, Ed O'Brien, Colin Greenwood, and Johnny Greenwood. York was born on October 7, 1968. His father worked as a chemical engineer, and he was also an amateur boxer. York grew up with a paralyzed left eye and had many unsuccessful surgeries on it growing up. He was sadly bullied for it a lot during his childhood, however, he was not afraid to fight back. Thankfully, though, he found music. In addition to being the band's lead singer, he also plays a guitar, which he started playing in elementary school. Phil Selway also plays a guitar. He's, of course, in the band. He was born on May 13, 1967. Ed O'Brien is also a guitarist. He was born on April 15, 1968. His family is of Irish descent. When his parents divorced when he was 10, O'Brien said music became sort of like his coping skill. Colin Greenwood is the band's bassist. He was born on June 29, 1969, and his little brother, Johnny, plays the keyboard and guitar. He was born on November 5, 1971. Their father was in the Army. He was a bomb disposal expert. You mean you're not supposed to just toss it in the trash can? Wow, that's impressive. Colin bought his first guitar when he was just 15 years old. Johnny's first instrument was not a piano, believe it or not, but a recorder, of all things. All the guys met at the Abington School in Oxfordshire, which was an all-boys independent school. A teacher named Terence Gilmore James became sort of a mentor for the boys. He recognized how much they all loved playing music and would often allow them to practice during non-school hours in the classroom. The music performance area was separate from the rest of the school, so it was really a respite for the boys. It soon became a safe haven for the boys. They would often play music while waiting to be picked up by their parents from school. The headmaster was not as compassionate as Mr. Gilmore James was towards the boys. He allegedly sent a bill to the boys for the cost of using the entire school property because they used the school music room one day on a Sunday. What a jerk. As they played together more, the boys decided to officially start a band. At first, the band's name was On a Friday. The name comes from the fact that, well, they typically performed on Fridays. Eventually, all the band members would go on to college, but they still continued to play together. They would perform on weekends, riding around in a van, and playing small, stinky, and sweaty nightclubs. Four out of the five band members would end up with post-secondary degrees. Johnny Greenwood, for example, is a classically trained musician, and he can play pretty much any instrument. In 1987, Tom York was in a car accident with his then-girlfriend. 
As a result, he doesn't really care to drive much, and he has written many songs about cars such as Airbag and Stupid Car, but more on those songs later. And speaking of songs, Radiohead has a very collaborative process for writing their music. Typically, it begins with Tom York mapping out a song and sort of sketching it out. Johnny sorts out the harmony of the song. The others then sort of take it all in, and then each band member works on their part separately. The group then all works together to put together a song, and no one person is really in charge. The group signed a record deal in 1991, and the band changed their name to Radiohead due to encouragement from the record company. The inspiration for the band's name came from a classic Talking Head song called, you guessed it, Radiohead. Phil Selway, the guitarist of the band, had recently returned after living in Ireland for some time. His relationship ended, so thankfully he returned to his homeland to join back up with the band just in the nick of time. Pablo Honey was their debut album, which was released in 1993. This album features the song Creep, which became a huge hit in the United States. I remember when that happened. A DJ at a college radio station in San Francisco can be thanked for the success of the song. Originally, the song didn't get a ton of traction, but with him playing it consistently, it really started to pick up momentum that quickly spread. The song really served as sort of an anthem for the young adult crowd. The song was inspired by a girl that Tom York was quite fond of. However, she rejected him. I imagine she would eventually regret that, but at least it made for an excellent song. Here are a few of the song's memorable lyrics. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather in a beautiful world. I wish I was special. You're so fucking special. But I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. I don't care if it hurts. I want to have control. I want a perfect body. I want a perfect soul. I want you to notice when I'm not around. The song was so incredibly popular that it was of course performed by the band, I'm sure hundreds if not thousands of times. And as such, they rarely perform the song anymore. In 1995, the band released the album The Bends. York recorded all of his vocals for the album right after he saw Jeff Buckley, who is one of my favorite, favorite lead singers of all time, in London. I can remember having the Jeff Buckley album Grace, which I listened to on repeat constantly on my boombox in my basement bedroom. Jealous? You should be. He was so moved by his incredible voice and falsetto that York knew he needed to record his part immediately. They toured with R.E.M. and Alanis Morissette to promote the album. The song, Street Spirit, Fade Out, became a popular hit, as did Fake Plastic Trees. It was incredibly poignant that they performed with R.E.M., seeing as how the band was an inspiration for Radiohead, along with others like the Pixies. And that brings us to the year 1997. It was the year I started high school, rocking my braces and my ridiculous walking billboard clothing from Abercrombie & Fitch, which was dumb. It also marks the year one of the greatest albums of all time, OK Computer, was released. The album was incredibly popular with songs like Paranoid Android blowing up the airwaves and boomboxes all over the world. The online resource Britannica described the album best when it said, quote, OK Computer is a pre-millennial version of Pink Floyd's classic album Dark Side of the Moon, huge-sounding and chillingly beautiful, with York's weightless voice enveloped on masterpieces such as Lucky by webs of dark, dense textures. In its live performances, Radiohead became one of pop music's most compelling acts, end quote. 
OK Computer was almost titled, Your Home May Be at Risk If You Do Not Keep Up With Payments. Thankfully, though, that name was rejected. The album has sold over five and a half million copies. Popular hits on this album include Karma Police, Paranoid Android, and No Surprises. I mentioned a bit ago about how Tom York had a significant fear of driving in cars, and one song on the OK Computer album is called Airbag. Here are a few of those lyrics. In the next world war, in a jackknifed juggernaut, I am born again. I am the neon sign scrolling up and down. I am born again. In an interstellar burst, I am back to save the universe. In a deep, deep sleep of the innocent, I am born again. In a fast German car, I'm amazed that I survived. An airbag saved my life. A worldwide tour followed the release of OK Computer, but so too did Burnout. After the tour, they were on the verge of breaking up. The fame and crazy schedule had become too overwhelming, to say the least. Thankfully, by 1999, Radiohead began recording songs again for albums to come later, including Kid A, which was released in 2000, and Amnesiac, which was released in 2001. Kid A would be the band's first number one album in the United States. With the Kid A album, which is fantastic, and the sounds are just beautifully haunting, to say the least, the band wanted to change direction a bit. They didn't want it to sound like OK Computer. So they used unique instruments on this album, like modular synthesizers, to get the unique sound. Tom York wrote very conceptual lyrics and then intentionally mixed them up when writing the songs. The result is truly another masterpiece from Radiohead. Rolling Stone agrees with me, as they should because I'm a genius and a really good music critic. Uh, They agree with me as Kid A is on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. All of the accolades this album has received are pretty amazing, given that York was suffering from a lot of writer's block during the creation of this album. From 2001 until 2003, the band again toured extensively. And if the band wasn't busy enough, they released Hail to the Thief in 2003. This album was inspired by the War on Terror and then President Bush's election in 2000. York had just become a father around this time and was worried about the state of the world. Some of the more well-known songs in this album include 2 plus 2 equals 5, which is not true. (laughs) Uh, They're there and go to sleep. The album In Rainbows was completed in 2007. Initially, it was only available via download, which for 2007 was pretty progressive. You know, it's 15 years ago. Fans were allowed to pay whatever they could to download it. Over 1.2 million copies were downloaded during its first week of release. Hard copies were available for purchase starting in 2008. Popular songs on this album included Nude and Jigsaw Falling Into Place. King of Limbs was released in 2011. It was available for purchase and download on their website and later as physical copies. The band toured through the United States, Canada, and Mexico to mark the album's release. They had not toured in North America for several years. Moonshade Pool was released in 2016. It was definitely a tough time for the band as during recording, York and his wife had separated and she ultimately passed away from cancer in 2016. Some of the released singles from this album include Daydreaming and Burn the Witch. In 2019, Radiohead was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's crazy to think that by 2019, the group had been a band for almost 25 years. They were inducted by none other than David Byrne, the lead singer of the Talking Heads. During his speech, Byrne said, quote, Their music, the quality, and constant innovation. 
completely changed the music business. End quote. You're damn right they did. In November of 2021, Radiohead released Kid Amnesia, which was an anniversary reissue of Kid A, but included previously unreleased tracks such as Follow Me Around and If You Say the Word. They were supposed to tour that year as well, but the pandemic, of course, made those plans impossible. Stupid pandemic. Freaking hate that piece of crap. Anyway, several members of the band have gone on to perform with other bands, have done solo projects, have written songs for music scores in the film industry, and just continue to keep busy when they are not involved with all things Radiohead. I hope you've enjoyed this look back on Radiohead, one of the most innovative, creative, and influential bands of me and my sister's generation. What started out as a few high school kids rocking out in their music teacher's classroom evolved into an incredible career spanning nearly three decades. To date, Radiohead has sold well over 30 million records, have earned three Grammy Awards, including one for Album of the Year for OK Computer, multiple MTV Video Music Awards, among many others. They are also advocates for the environment, equality, independent music labels, and music accessibility. Despite a bit more time passing in between albums now than earlier in their career, the group really shows no signs of stopping, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Rolling Stone did a poll asking their readers to identify the 10 best Radiohead songs, and here are the results. And make sure to grab your pen and paper so that you can write these all down so that you can download them or add them to your Spotify playlist at a later time. Are you ready? Here we go. How to Disappear Completely Reckoner, They're There, Let Down, Everything in Its Right Place, Karma Police, Fake Plastic Trees, Creep, and Paranoid Android. If you are enjoying the show, please rate the show on iTunes and please tell your family and friends about the show. I hope you'll join me for my next show where we will be discussing Sanrio, the Japanese company behind some memorable characters like Hello Kitty and Kuropi. Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories.